game begin. Hi, and welcome to episode 14 of Dadgum Nerds, your podcast for family first fanboy fun. I'm your host, Andrew, and joining me today are my fellow dads, Zach. Ohio. Trip. The Google. <laughs> and Brett. <laughs> hey, guys. Well, last week we went over our uh, list of favorite sci-fi properties that went under the radar. So we felt it was fitting this week to try something uh, in that same vein. If you haven't checked out last week's episode, episode 13 yet, we think it's pretty good. Uh, well, not going to lie. Yeah. But this week we're going to be doing the same thing for our favorite fantasy stories and IPs that you may have missed out on. And we'll get to that in a few minutes. But before we get there, I wanted to give a shout out to one of our dads, Kevin, Who's not here this week because he is celebrating his and his wife's anniversary. All right. Woo. Fortunately, we have to settle for Brett. Hey, guys. Yeah, nope. <laughs> this is his anniversary. Sure, he's not here. Man, no, instantly no. shift from Kevin back to that's Brett. Right. No, but really, that's the important stuff. Plan it really, e. it really doesn't get celebrated enough. So happy anniversary, Kevin. Yeah. Way to go, dude. Well, before we get into our discussion this week, anything happened to you guys in dad life this week? Well, I passed another dad milestone. I made my first unintentional dad noise oh, dad no. noise what i mean by that <laughs> you're way too early for that what man. i mean by that is i sat down and involuntarily bellowing from the innermost being i just went <laughs> oh <laughs> <laughs> and after it happened it was you're almost like this there. out of body experience of like what why where did that cut oh my gosh i'm a dad now <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, I got news for you. It doesn't. It doesn't build um, uh, progressively. It builds exponentially. So oh, this week dear. you're going when you're sitting down, and the next week you'll be doing it while you're sitting down and getting up. Eventually, you'll be doing <laughs> it when you get out of bed. Uh, it's only a short road from there to peeing four times a night. So wow, good on well, you, son. Good luck. No, I, already, I already feel like my farting has taken up a few notches. At Trip, this point, you sound so. like you're experienced in this realm. How how do you know all this? experience <laughs> okay. like, i'm not even, even going to hide from i'm not even going to going to hide from it man i'm, well, uh, yeah, I'm just trying I'm, to figure I'm, out what my dad catchphrase is going to be if it's going to be like oh mercy or oh what a day or <laughs> good lord. lordy <laughs> well uh this week theodore did something that was uh kind of funny so i was watching him turn my back for all of like four seconds um theodore had opened the dishwasher which he had never done to this date um, had reached in and had two knives and was clanging them together. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, like butcher knives? Butter knives? And one of them was sharp. The other one was a butter knife. But he oh was clanging gosh. them together. And I'm like, <gasps> hey, he's like, Daddy, buddy. look, Edward Scissorhands. <laughs> I don't know if you want the public at large to know that. <laughs> it was it was super quick. Like he he banged it together oh, just the Ooh. one time and then I caught it. But it was like, <gasps> I literally turned around for half a second, man. Kids can get into stuff so quickly. Yeah. Man, yeah. yeah. You're like, point, I didn't know you knew how to do that. I know he'd like, never been able to open that's, the dishwasher. That's, that's the thing is like, once they start walking, they learn to do things when you're not looking. Mm -hmm. So up till that point, you're able to witness all of the growth. And then you have a good idea of where your child is on the growth spectrum. Right. And how they're developing. But then, I mean, all bets are off once they start becoming bipedals. It's crazy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the good news is that that story ended uh, with nobody getting hurt, nobody getting yes. cuts, nobody getting anything. But I afterwards, I had a good laugh on that one. So um, Hattie, speaking of walking, uh, Hattie is um, 
big enough now that we've actually opened up more of the house to her so that she doesn't feel like she's just boxed into the living room. And so um, she loves going into the kitchen, uh, which is just adjacent to our living room. Uh, so I can sit in the, on the sofa and, and watch most of her movements until she turns the corner and walks straight into uh-huh. uh, the kitchen. I can see her in the dining room and everything like that. So she loves to run into the kitchen and play with these Disney magnets that we have on the refrigerator. She likes to take them and uh, put them on the uh, the stove and the dishwasher and everything like that. Nice. So I feel pretty comfortable sitting in the living room and watching her from there because she runs into the kitchen and runs right back out. But if she's gone for too long, I go, all right, Hattie, you know, um, and if she if I don't hear footsteps in my direction, then I get up and I go get her. Right. So the other day, I mean, it was just more the same what I just um, explained to you. And so I'm, I'm glancing at my phone every now and then. And I realize she has disappeared. And I'm like, she's been gone just long enough mm. for me to want to Wonder. go get yeah, her. Yeah. The daddy so sensors go off. Just as I open my mouth, she turns the corner. I'm like, there you are. And she does this thing where she brings me magnets or her toys or something like right. that. She's in the sharing phase where she just, you know, she gives me the sweetest Adorable. smile and she hands it Adorable. up to me. And I go, oh, thank you. And I make a big deal out of it because I want her to share. Oh, of course. Um, yeah. And so I go, you know, and I go, thank you. Thank you. And then she wants it back immediately. I mean, that's how she thinks it works. <laughs> so so she walks up to me with a sweet smile and she reaches out her hand and I open my hand and she puts it in my hand. I said, thank you. And it was a piece of poop. What? She had given me. What? A- <laughs> what? No. It was a piece of cat poop. We had left the laundry oh, room door gosh. open, which is where we keep the litter box. And unfortunately, she always wants in there. But because there's cat doo-doo out there, of course, we're not letting her in. Well, the door was open. And so she went digging for gold and came back and gave me a piece of it. I'm going, I really hope between there and here, you didn't put that in your (laughs) mouth. Uh, yeah, the laundry room door is, is bolted shut now. The the cats uh-huh. haven't eaten in three days. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> We're never doing laundry again. That's right. That's right. Well, Hattie's just thinking, nothing says I love you like chocolate. Mm. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we are going to get into our discussion coming up here soon. So let's get started. Did you know Daggum Nerds has merch? Well, if you'd like a Daggum Nerds t-shirt, sweater, hoodie, water bottle, sticker, or even a fanny pack to really show off that dad bod, head to daggumnerds.com slash store. It's the perfect way to support the show and rock that dad swag. Again, that's daggumnerds.com slash store. You'll never know what's in store. Well, like we said earlier, we're going to be discussing our favorite underrated fantasy IPs, and we think that these need to see just a little bit more daylight. Um, so before we get started, when we say underrated fantasy IPs, well, are there any clarifiers that you guys want to add when it comes to the word underrated? Yeah, if if it's been made into a full-fledged blockbuster, I don't think that should count. Uh, I think right. it needs to be something that not a ton of people have seen, nothing mainstream, um, or just on the fringes of mainstream, but maybe not everyone's picked up on it. Someone could go, huh. I really think I need to look into that. So that that's how I'd put it. Kind of subjective, okay. but that's my two cents. If all three of us are going like, oh, yeah, my entire family loved that. Yeah, we got problems. Uh, okay. That should not yeah. be on this list. Mm-hmm. For me, it was just more a question of like, what do I hear people talking about? Right. And so that is so I've got some stuff that like I could potentially have been a blockbuster back when it was out, but nobody's talking about it now. Right. Uh, <laughs> so I just assume I just, you know, it's not. 
nothing nothing I talk about is the Matrix or anything like mm-hmm. that. So it's just more Lord of um, the Rings does not belong exactly, on this list. Yeah, exactly. These are things we um, wish so could be made into either big games or big movies. That they 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 do need more daylight. Really, I just want to have more conversations it's, about some of these. It's things in the first that place. deserve to go. be. It's stuff that deserves to be fantasine. That was a stretch. Well, on that note, <laughs> let's go ahead and get started. And Zach, getting the this. worst the worst pun award. You want to uh, get us started? And scene. All right. <laughs> so uh, my first one on the list is a JPR a JP JPR a J, yeah a JRPG that uh, I thought was fantastic, but not everyone knows about a, called a Tales of Symphonia. So this was a about game music? that I played on the GameCube. Um, nope, not about music at all. Um, it's actually part of a larger series, uh, kind of like a the Dollar Tree version of Final Fantasy, but it's called the Tales. <laughs> series. It's, just, it's just it's usually referred Sign to me as up. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that just makes it sound cheap. <laughs> uh, well, it's just lesser known, but it's an extremely well done series. And this one, I think, is superlative because all of the characters have well thought out backstories they're all fulfillingly satisfied and there's even a redemptive arc to each hmm. of the characters. So no what, one feels like a throwaway. And I mean, we're talking eight plus characters. So it's easy when you've got an ensemble like that, you know, you're like, okay, but this person was kind of attack on. No, this you is, care about all eight. Wow. This is about the only JRPG that I have ever played, but I, it's just not my genre typically, but I really did enjoy playing through this one with you, Zach. Hmm. But did it the, make, did it, did it did it make the the transition to the state the translation rather to the states well because that's that's one of the that's one of the one of the problems I run into with JRPGs is like it doesn't it's got the that translation storyline and you're like right what it is doesn't happening? quite connect with you know my sensibilities and how I think the world works well <laughs> and I would say that's my trip up on other JRPGs but for this one I've never been mm-hmm. so impressed by a story. That I thought I was 25%. I thought I was like almost to the end. And then just the walls come down and you realize you're in a world that's 2000 times bigger than you thought it was. And you're only 25% of the way through the story. So it's almost like a a Russian nesting doll to where like you think the entire story is just that outer shell. And then there's another one and another one and another one, but But the reverse to where it gets bigger on the inside, bringing in Dr. Who in on this thing. I had a couple of pimples like that. Oh my word. Goodness. Thank you for that. Uh, Mm. But uh, for the, the, the most epic video game accomplishment that I have ever done in my life was with you, Zach. Yes. In so this game. That was another reason I brought this up. So just real brief. If you've ever played an RPG, you typically have a team of players versus bosses. So in this game, you have four playable characters and you're normally teaming up against one big mega boss. Well, there's this extra dungeon after you beat the game. You're basically going into the underworld, Nevelheim, And in the last part of this mission, which by the way, I was playing with Andrew and my brother and the three of us were all experienced gamers, not, right. not hardcore, but I'd say balanced experienced gamers. The final <laughs> boss in this game, we've already committed three hours to this dungeon. You get to the end and they don't just throw one main boss at you. They throw 
three of the game's main bosses at you at once. And there was no checkpoints in this at all. No, so if you no, lose, if you lose one time, you go back to the beginning, start over again. Start your three hours mm, over. Man. Also didn't help that it was like midnight at this point, so we were just ready to be done. Well, we sat and <laughs> strategized for like 10 minutes on how we were going to beat three bosses all at once. And then wait, before you, you go it? into the battle. Wait, yeah, they, there was a moment where no, you No, the bosses said, yeah, hey, okay. take 10 minutes. We'll wait. Yeah, take, all the, <laughs> yeah. take all the time you need, guys. Take all the time. Smoke break. Smoke we're, break. We're very considerate here in the underworld. So uh, <laughs> anyway, and right before you launch in, they go, oh, and by the way, not only do you have to play three bosses, but your team of four, uh, you have to go down to three. Ugh. So not mm. only are you doing this Herculean task, but then you have to tie one arm behind your back. So after that, the three of us powwowed for probably no less than 30 minutes. I mean, it was a full it half was, hour. It was crazy. We beat, I've never had such an adrenaline rush. I mean, Good it was grief. just chaos. Like quick, do shielding. I'm trying to heal you. You're not healing me fast enough. We're running out of potions. I'm about to die. I'm less than 20%. Quick, use your combo. Use your combo. I'm trying. <laughs> no, so, what, what blew me away about this one? This is about the only Meredith plat- married you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I'm I think sorry. we were engaged at this point, and I was like, you must tell no one. Oh, <laughs> my gosh. Because my first thought was, my first thought when you said, I've never had such an adrenaline rush, was, I've never had such an adrenaline rush <laughs> pressing buttons sitting in one spot. <laughs> you weren't even there, Trip. You don't even know. Yeah. What, what blew my mind, this is, I think, the only platinum trophy that I've ever gotten, because usually I just don't care. Mm-hmm. Um. And when it gives it to you, it's, you know, it says like, you know, you know, completed Niflheim or whatever the name was. And the little tagline under it says you must have cheated. <laughs> like that's how hard this the ga- was. The game developers wow. thought it was that hard. Man. But but wow. what I loved about when we completed it is it was like 1 a.m. in the morning and I'm in an apartment that had paper thin walls. So we did not want to disturb any of my neighbors. And so we just beat this thing. And it's like the Super Bowl. It's like the video game Super Bowl victory happening in our living room. But we're completely silent because we didn't want to wake anyone up. So we're like jumping up and down, (laughs) full on man hugging each other, but completely silent. So if anyone had just looked through the window, it would look like we were just a bunch of nerds freaking out over. Well, that's exactly what was happening. I was about to say, so they would have just seen reality. (laughs) I guess that's true. What would have. (laughs) But anyway, that goes down in history as the greatest video game accomplishment ever. Still to date. Absolutely. That's that's my top accomplishment. So Brett, how about you? What's your number? What's your first pick? I should say my my first pick as in what the most that I think I'd want to uh no like just what's what is the first one that you would like to tell oh, us yeah. about what's on your list under- yeah so uh lady hawk uh i think was a uh ah yes oh yeah it's uh ethan hawk's sister no <laughs> so this is <laughs> okay. this is the How long uh, been on that? this is with a young matthew broderick this is one of his first pieces um ah, michelle pfeiffer yes. was the love interest in this movie for anyone who's a oh, fan and what was and who was the guy at blade runner uh who was the uh tears in the rain monologue guy Drunker what was his Howard? name uh, yeah yes. he, he also plays the main character yes in this one. uh but but cool. seen through the eyes of broderick's character who's like a little pickpocket and if you ever wanted to see a fantasy movie based in 80s synth music all throughout the entire thing, you have met it right here. Boy, do I ever. <laughs> so I didn't even know I wanted. Here's that. what I wish they would have done. <laughs> I wish they would have waited about 10 to 15 years to make this movie to where they had better music, 
they had stronger camera abilities to where they were actually well, you're, sell- you're selling this man well the reason why i, put, I, I picked this, this is because it's a uh it's it's a nostalgia trip i used to watch this when i was younger and um it really is a cool idea. I mean, it's it's Beauty and the Beast with a high concept twist in the sense of there's there's this uh, beautiful gal, Michelle Pfeiffer, and who loves this what? knight. And it's a wonderful love story until a spell is cast on them. And <gasps> only one a of them can bishop. be human at a time. At nighttime, one of them turns into an animal. And at the daytime, another turns into an animal. So they're always together, but also always apart. And the movie is Matthew Broderick's character being the catalyst, and maybe they can fix this. So it's pretty cool. Hmm. You got to see it. And I think they ought to redo it in the modern film industry. I really do. I, I think it's there a good story. is. I really, yeah, I think there's some value there. It is, it is a, it's a solid movie. It's very Hollywood has been, has been shift, shifting and sifting through the, uh, the, the reboot drags. trash can for the past 20 years. So I'm sure they'll get to it eventually. <laughs> they, they really don't need to remake Lady Hawk, they just need to rescore Lady Hawk. I think mm, if you had maybe. Hans Zimmer do the score to Lady Hawk, it would be a completely different yeah, experience. Yeah, it would. You're right. In a good way. Yeah. Okay. In a good way. Uh, Trip, how about you? What's your uh, first pick that you would like to share with us? Uh, this is the one that I was actually referring to when I said it. I guess it could have been a blockbuster when it came out, but it was more than 62 years ago. Uh, what was that the, all? The Seventh Voyage of Sinbad back in 1958. Yeah. Um, oh. I don't I don't know if it was obscure when it first came out because it's got 100% on Rotten Tomatoes, but... Um, oh, wow. Yeah, it was a classic creature feature uh, back hmm. in the... Uh, you know, just before the dawn of the sixties. And it was one of those movies that was always on AMC when I was a kid, I would just flip through and AMC was one of the few at at that time. Anyway, was one of the few episodes. I I mean, the few channels I could watch without supervision. And, um, (laughs) it was uh, a Ray Harryhausen movie. He wasn't the director, but Ray Harryhausen was, uh, famous. It was but famous for to get a reservation there. Um, do <laughs> for doing uh, one of these days. I'm, I'm I swear I'm going to understand you. Uh, <laughs> Monsters Inc. He, it's a Monsters Inc. He, reference. Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> cool story. Um, but uh, he was uh, he was a famous he was famous for um, uh, using something called dynamation for creating. But basically, claymation. Fi- dynamation. Um, that, yeah, that was, was the that was the trademark for that it. sounds like it, something he, Billy Mays would be selling. But he would <laughs> use um, Dynamation. Okay, it's my time now. Uh, but there was there was he was famous for a lot of movies and like you know that twenty year span um, doing creature features and stuff yeah. like that. And so this movie had uh, Sinbad journeying to islands and facing cyclops and dragons, and he fought <laughs> uh, skeletons. At one point, and I vaguely the, remember seeing portions of this. The movie. thing about it was, and for the record, Harryhausen was uh, responsible for movies like Jason and the Argonauts and the original mm-hmm. Clash, Clash of the Titans, and things like that. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And so the thing that kind of stuck with me about it was the way that the creatures moved. It's still kind of unsettling even now as an adult, hmm. um, I went back as a refresher on it just to go back and look at it. And, you know, the way they captured the, the, the frame rates in which they captured these creatures was just a little off. And mm. so the movement is just, it's mostly smooth, but you can see that there's like a frame skipped here and there. So when he's fighting, so like the rank and bass, guys, 
Rudolph animations, basically. It's like the Rankin Bass Rudolph animations. I'm going to go with yes, because I don't know what you're talking about. Like Rudolph, like, you know, and... um, Wait, as uh, in the abominable... Yes. yes. What, part of what yes, but part of what makes part of what made it unsettling is that they're they're playing with they're interacting with real people. And so the frame uh, rate of the of the animation versus the frame rate of the movie that would be unsettling, yeah. Just a little off. And so it's still creepy to me, even hmm. though it's a movie made in nineteen fifty eight, and I don't think there's a trace of blood. Huh. Um, but it's just good old I mean, even now it's just good old fashioned cheesy fun. You fight Cyclops okay. and dragons and uh, what's there's a there's a uh, creature called the R O C of a rock. <laughs> it's I don't I didn't want to say the rock because I knew that Zach was going to jump all over that. But um, yeah, <laughs> anyway, Brett, you had a question. Well, yeah, uh, w- would you want to see this as a remake? Would you want to see this uh, in the modern nah, cinema terms? Nah, because I appreciate it. They, they've already tried. that. You don't want to see that multiple times. times. The eighth voyage of Sinbad. Nah, nah I don't. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want. To. No, he peaked. I don't seven. want to. Uh, I, I I would like to just. I would just like for nostalgia to take this one. Okay, I, I, I like it for what it is. I don't need to see it brought into modern times. Very nice. Uh, my first pick for this week for underrated fantasy IPs. Uh, this is another video game franchise that if you have played video games, you've probably heard of this. But outside of it, it just does not get talked about. Dragon Age. Hmm. Yeah, um, this is another Bioware IP. So the same people who mm. made Knights of the Old Republic and Mass Effect, which I talked about last week. Yeah. I'm seeing a trend. Uh, well, I, Bioware <laughs> has done some solid stuff, and this is no exception. Um, Jade I, Empire uh, for uh, for the original Xbox mm. almost made it onto my list. That's another oh, Bioware really? title, and it was phenomenal. So I so. have um, I know the story of the second, which I'm told is the best of the series. And when I had a PS4, I did play Inquisition, which to it's if you get a little bit of backstory, you can play <clears throat> Dragon Age three Inquisition by itself. I had a blast. What I loved about this world was that it feels like a cross between Lord of the Rings and Skyrim with a little bit of World of Warcraft sprinkled in there for good measure. So it's kind of a little bit more on the magic and otherworldly side of things. Sure. Um, yeah, <laughs> but uh, at the same time, it the world and the lore that it's built upon, it just has this rich foundation. Like, for example, uh, one thing mm. that doesn't get talked about. I like as some much, foundations. <laughs> one of the things that doesn't get talked about as much in a um, fantasy concept sometimes is a religion type. And there's like a mm. church that's in there that drives a lot of the backbone that's in the story. And it's. I mean, it's not exactly theologically correct, but right. it, it adds a lot to that. Story well, then I'm not playing it. Fine. <laughs> yeah, okay. um, and I really, I, I don't remember necessarily, you know, I've only played through it once. I put like 90 hours in the game. Like it'll, it'll go for, keep you for a long time, but I don't quite remember like all the details in the story, but I remember most of the characters who are with hmm. and the people that you're making decisions with. Wait, so did you fall in love with, necessarily was it was it the world building or was it the story the world the story's good um but the world itself i would go back to there's rumors of a dragon age 4 that's coming on this next generation of consoles Hmm. um i am very much considering dipping back into this world one more time for it and i think a lot more people should solid i think it's interesting they say the second one is the best one bioware also did mass effect and they say the second one is the best one 
And for, for the record, I like the gameplay of Mass Effect three a little bit better. But two stories, yeah, the gameplay so in three good. was the best, but the oh, yeah. story in, in two was way let, better. Let me get us back so on good. track with fantasy, not sci fi. Uh, back exactly. to you, Andrew. Zach, how, Zach, how about no? How about you, Zach? What is your uh, next pick for us? All right. So the next one on my list is completely different from Tales of Symphonia. This one is a satirical anime called One Punch Man. Wait, so it's still Japanese. No, not One Punch Man. <laughs> One Punch Man <sighs> is fan freaking tastic because it makes fun of all of the fighting like oh, Dragon Ball Z esque animes. No, the, tread the lightly. Premise, Don't you jump all over my Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> it, it doesn't it doesn't disparage. I will Kamehameha you until next them. week. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, it what's funny about it is the premise is this this guy and he's the most derpy, like Whoa. bald, no, no eyebrows kind of guy. And he, his power is he could beat anything in one punch. Ah, see what they did. They were the title. And I Clever. guess what, what's so hilarious about is since he can beat everyone in one punch, he's just so incredibly bored. So here he is like the most powerful human being in the world. And you have all these bad guys that are way over the top, larger than life baddies. And he can beat all of them in one punch, but he's just, he's just so bored because he wants to have a really good fight. He wants to find a worthy opponent and there'll be this super like world sized villain. And there's all of this, you know, trash talk happening. And he's like, Oh, maybe this will finally be the one. And then punch boom, blows a hole the size of Texas through the baddie and the fight's over. And then he'll be like, oh man, I think I left the kettle on the stove. And so it's just, it's making fun of the entire genre and does, how does things that are over stay the top. engaging though? Yeah. Like, it, I, like I, I can't connect with that. I'm not yeah, seeing the show. Uh, if he's bored, why? I mean, wouldn't we be? Because <laughs> we know how it's going to end. So the, the prerequisite of enjoying this show is you have to enjoy other anime as a whole, because there's no, there's no point hmm. in being on an inside joke if you're, not on the inside so you have to at least be familiar with the anime as a whole to the, the, get the jokes the tropes it, you don't watch it for the entertainment of like oh this is a really great battle you watch it because it's making fun of other things so so it's if, a so if you're an anime, to, I, so if you're I was, an anime fan sorry I was, I was just gonna say i was aware of it i just wasn't um i did not know that was the nature of the show i thought it was i thought it took itself seriously i didn't know it was satirical no. No, what makes okay. it so fun is that it doesn't take itself seriously. So I, okay. I would describe it as like a palate cleanser. If you're coming off of a really serious <laughs> attack on Titan and you've just had all of your hopes and dreams torn to shreds in the latest episode, turn on an really. episode of One Punch Man and just have a barrel of laughs. So it's it's meant, okay. you know, Kevin, Kevin would enjoy this show because you don't think. <laughs> <laughs> you just laugh. At how derpy and stupid the storyline is. So. Okay. All right. Well, it's, it's underrated, but it's, it, but it's fun. It's now more on my radar than it used to be. Well, Brett, how about you? Yeah. So I'm going to go a completely left field film here and I'm going to go with okay. the movie. Bring it on. The movie Inc. So there's a lot of fantasy films that have mm. to do with either anime or something like a Lord of the Rings, but this has to do with, uh, it's almost a spiritual fantasy. And so uh, th this was an indie film. It has some pacing problems because these guys had never made a film before. This was, uh, to oh, my wow. understanding, their first one. And they had basically said, I don't like the way movies are made today because they're so predictable. Let us make our own movie. And they basically raised money to make their own. 
and wrote the story and they made it. Um, so what's it about? So there's a girl who gets taken by, uh, it, it, the, the, there are forces in, I guess you could say the spiritual realm. One's called the incubus who gives you nightmares and they, they represent for evil. And the, mm-hmm. uh, I forgot the name of the other group, but they're basically angels that try to defeat the incubus. Well, one of the incubus actually took the spirit of this girl from a father who had been starting to go away from his daughter uh, in his emotions uh, and holding on to his job. And so you see this story that there are like four different storylines between the dad, the girl, the incubus, and these angel creatures. And you don't it's know. It's really bizarre. Oh, it is. Yeah. You don't know how they all connect until they get to the very end and Everything connects. So Zach's face is so blank right now. I'm sorry. <laughs> if you, sorry. if you like a I high, was like, well, if their attempt was to make an original storyline, I mean, I guess. Yep. <laughs> mission accomplished. Congratulations, guys. Now, there was a good storyline remains to be seen. Yes, well, but, I mean, and Brett so highly recommend it. It's on. His I list. think it is a yeah. brilliant high concept story. You have to remember this is an indie film, okay. so expect that type of caliber for things like props or whatever. <laughs> but uh, the music is perfect. The ending is excellent made my wife cry by the way oh. so this thing is cry worthy and uh, uh especially if you are a father so i highly recommend it okay. ink the movie uh there, there's there's some language it's not a family friendly film in that sense but uh when did this come out like i never have even heard early of this 2000s i think um but hmm. huh. i i just thought it was a brilliant story and i'm a lover of good story based off a book it, no. Like it's truly just a original screenplay. Original screenplay. Now, I think wow. they could have cut the movie well, down. Might be worth watching just because of that. I then. think they could have cut the movie off by 25% and picked up the pacing a little bit. But besides that, man, I I loved the ending. The ending was just the 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 present after you peel back all the onion layers is, is perfect. Okay. Sweet. Okay. I'll have to look it up, see if it's on streaming somewhere, rent it. Uh, Trip, what is your number two pick? Uh, a book called Redwall. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I've heard of that. Oh, okay. So if everybody's heard about it, do I even get to talk about it? <laughs> your I mean, second even pick sucks. <laughs> no, no, no. So you have to remember that Redwall was a favorite among homeschoolers, and you are looking at three homeschoolers on the other side of the screen. <laughs> so we heard of yeah. it. Wait. Okay, so wait now. Okay, y'all do the talking. Why was that a favorite amongst homeschoolers? For whatever reason, that made the that made the circle around the the homeschooling huh. realm, and they're just solid well, books. So yeah, I, they I, are. I've only listened to part of one, so I'm I'm curious as to what your take is on it. Uh, yeah, so the Red Wall for anybody who doesn't know is a series of books. I think there's over twenty of them, but I'm gonna list. Um, I'm gonna list uh, the the original, the first one, Red, just just called Red Wall. Uh, as as my uh, second pick because it was the one that stuck with me the most and it's the one that got me interested in the series as a whole. But it it anthropomorphizes um, basically field animals. So think field mice and badgers yeah. and sparrows. Uh, the villains are typically things like rats or you know sometimes there's an evil badger or a snake or something like that. Um, and the original book uh, tells the story of Matthias and he's this young mouse at a uh, at Redwall Abbey, and he's he's uh, like an aspiring monk or something like that. Long story short, uh, Clooney the Scourge, who's uh, this evil rap. Oh, him. Is, <laughs> oh, him, that guy. Good old Clooney. And uh, he, he tries to lay siege to the Abbey, and 
Matthias is effectively the, a reluctant warrior. He um, has to find the sword and shield of an of a, a legendary warrior mouse, which is so weird to say out loud. But <laughs> um, don't mess mouse. with them, warrior mice. Uh, hmm. And uh, and 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 then def- defend the abbey. Um, so were they the musketeers? Yeah, effectively. <laughs> so, um, mm. I, the two things I remember about it the most were the um, the dialogue was seemingly different for almost every every tribe. Every species was their own tribe. Mm. Like I said, oh. sparrows were like um, sparrows talked in this kind of weird broken dialect, kind of like um, trolls or orcs do, and in, in, um, I don't know, like Warcraft or something okay. along those lines. And I remember the violence being brutal. Wow. Uh, like, I guess because they were, they were animals that like, just people just, I guess it was just okay. Plus it was, you know, written in the eighties. Um, but I, I remember, that, that explains I, it. I remember, I remember reading like some of the descriptions of people bleeding or dying and going, Oh my God. <laughs> um, so, you know, it was like, wait, you know, is that why it's hand, called red wall? <gasps> yeah, Sure. Uh, also on the one hand, you're like, okay, I'm reading about, I'm, I'm reading about Cute a mouse. Mice, yeah. I'm reading about a mouse with a sword and a shield fighting a one-eyed rat. Uh, but on the other hand, you're going, Hey, this is actually written well, really well. So, okay, get him, get him. <laughs> so, do you feel, yeah. do you feel like this should make the transition to the world of cinema? Do you think it could? Uh, it, you know, I know they've made some animations before. I think it made the transition to a couple of animated features like low budget features okay um but i don't know i don't know if this day and age right now there's a there's an appetite for warrior mice and evil rats i don't know it's still better than half of what's coming out of hollywood these days so all right my second pick on this list uh i'm gonna go with a movie called rise of the guardians that came out early i love that movie um, this is one that it probably a fair bit of people have seen, but uh, or I say a fair bit, a handful of people have seen, um, it bombed bad in the box office. Is this uh, the one had with a, the owls? No, uh, no, no, this is, this that is the one with the, the this is the one with the Russian Santa Claus dual wielding swords. Wow. Could not have been way more. <laughs> off. Okay, um, so. <laughs> um, and I mean, the concept is wacky, but the art style is breathtaking in this one. Um, I'm an animation major, so I, I greatly appreciate when somebody is just, you know, showing off a masterclass and stuff. And uh, there's a type of animation called particle animation or dynamic animation that's in this that is just, oh, my gosh, so lovely. Um, so anything like snow or dust that's in this is just beautiful. Um, I love how there's a Russian Santa Claus wielding swords and you're like, the Your snow is, is amazing. Well, <laughs> <laughs> the story, the storyline, if you're not familiar with it, is that there are um, basically our holiday icons so santa claus the tooth fairy easter bunny sandman um you know the these legends these guardians <laughs> uh, played by rabbit. hugh jackman i'm a bunny yeah wolverine wolverine uh, voices a rabbit <laughs> a, but, me, uh, a bunny they basically play the avengers for uh protecting the kids of the world for holidays uh-huh. The Holiday Avengers. And the Boogeyman, uh, also known as Pitch, who's played by Jude Law in this, comes in and plays a wonderful antagonist if you've not seen it so far. And long story short, it's just it's a really good film. Uh, it's like I said, it's absolutely beautiful. It captures the magic of childhood really well. But I will say the child that's in this is so freaking annoying. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> like 
kid, get a life. Yes, Santa Claus exists in this universe, but stop talking about it. It's like August. <laughs> so anyway, I didn't realize I had a soapbox on that. But. Yeah, I was going to say, I didn't know you're so passionate about this. Yeah, this <laughs> Tell us how you really feel. We're unpacking some things right now. <laughs> Talk to me about. Well, I just want Talk to me about. I just want to know that nerd the, therapy right the, here. The pitch meeting for this story must have been incredible. I mean, think about it. If you've got a dual sword wielding Santa Claus and sign me yeah, up. the tooth fairy, the, the Easter bunny, Jack Frost, Sandman, all these different people, and they're going to defend children. It's like, how are you going to sell it, someone on that? And they did. Maybe it's that's because they never had to get, they never had to get It past. was a holiday movie. Mm-hmm. And it so was. it could have just as easily been a contractual thing where they were like, okay, uh, we got this other guy who signed up for three films. He's two in. He's got to do one more for us, and we need a holiday film. So, all right, we're throwing this out there, and it happened to be good. I I will admit it is not a perfect movie in any respects, but the stuff that they get right, they get very right. So if you've not seen Rise of the Guardians yet, it's definitely worth a watch. So you should go watch that. Zach, how about you? Number three. Number three. So uh, my number three is The Dragon Prince. Which I feel oh, like Netflix. is extremely underrated. I've uh, heard it's, of it. It's it's done by like the same well, producers as Avatar. Like I think it's, it's not the same the showrunners. Showrunners. Okay. Well, really, it, okay. it it's extremely well done story wise. I think what what drew a lot of people off of it initially was the animation style because they yeah. went for this. It looks almost cell shaded, but it is three D. But the frame rate is a bit off and they are trying to emulate 2D. So I think it was the style that initially turned people off, but the story, it's very well thought out in its world building. It's yep. multi-layered, not only with the politics, but their spiritual elements. And I, I, I thought all the characters were very winsome. Like even, even the characters that are on quote, the evil side, you can tell that, okay, this person maybe just made some bad decisions. Like, uh, you know, a great bad guy, someone who thinks they're doing the right thing, but for the wrong reasons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so uh, you don't have like a, a Machiavelli, like, hey, 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 I'm evil and I will destroy you. It's like, you can see the descent into darkness. But what I also like, and, and this really wins me over with any fantasy, is that evil magic has consequences. Mm-hmm. So you can't just go around throwing out dark magic with no ill effects. In fact, there's multiple times in the show where a good character will use the evil magic for air quotes good. And then there's a consequence to it. So, yeah, you may have accomplished your goal a little bit more expediently than if you had done things with good magic, but you have to pay the piper. Mm. And uh, anyway, it's a story that builds. There's very distinct cultures. So you really find yourself immersed into this well thought out universe and uh, they're in their third season. Uh, the fourth has been greenlit, but there's no release date yet. Yeah, so uh, if thanks, you enjoyed, COVID. yeah, thanks. <laughs> if you enjoyed Avatar, um, the, the story this. will feel very similar in the sense that there's distinct tribes that have distinct powers. Now it's not the same as the element, so it's not wind, fire, right. water, but but uh, it, you'll feel familiar if you're a fan of the Avatar series. Avatar the Last Airbender to clarify. Yes, that's true. Not yes. not the the blue people in space. Which I mean it, that has merit too, but not, it's not not quite the same thing. Yeah, not Never the the blue lemur scimitars in Whoa, space. Whoa, you 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 managed to go through 2009 without seeing Avatar? Believe it or not, I've I've only seen bits and pieces on FX. Oh man. Hmm. Wow. 
Mm-hmm. I, I, that's like a badge of honor at this point. <laughs> to have not I think seen you're about it? one of three people in the world who hasn't seen it. I do what I do what I do. What can <laughs> okay. I say? It's just, <laughs> I, it's, it's what I do. I... I I avoid movies and I know things. There's <laughs> 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 something. Of oh all God. the talents, Trip, that one is yours. Mm. Brett, what's your last pick? The never-ending story. Now, before you jump on me with the bandwagon saying that everybody knows this movie. Yeah, that's kind of where ask, I was going with that. Ask yeah. around for people who really this movie was meant for in age range. They don't, they've never seen this movie. They don't know what it is. This is okay. a movie that people know who are... 30 plus but you start looking at a different generation oh, so you're saying you're saying the new generation the new generation just a generational yes because there okay. are a lot of people who have not seen this i had never seen it until what was it last year um oh wow you held so, out that long well i mean wow. i don't know why i'd never seen it before it was never it didn't come into our house in vhs not it was like on of. it was it was like uh, there was a trailer, I think, on every VHS in the 90s. Like, I'm pretty sure it was a prerequisite. Like, oh, yeah. you're doing a VHS yeah. release? Never-ending story trailer. You Wasn't it shown on, I feel like it was shown on Disney all the time growing well, up. Well, we didn't that have was... a lot of TV growing up in my early childhood. Okay. We had, like, the local channels, yeah. PBS, and things like that. But um, we, we, we were cheap. Yeah. But, and, and that, and that <laughs> we was fine. Thanks, Mom and but Dad. <laughs> I thought, I know I'm watching a kid's movie, but let's go back and just watch it. And I truly feel like this movie was the inspiration for a movie like Princess Bride because it, yeah. it got back. Did this predate Princess Bride? Uh, I think I, so. I'll find out for you guys. Keep talking. But at okay. any rate, um, that this was a, a boy who was dealing with things in, uh, uh, you, you know, at, at school and in life. Yeah, he was having a hard time. And someone said, you really need to read this book, but didn't really know why. And the entire story. Oh, that's why it doesn't connect with this generation. <laughs> right. <laughs> They're like, what's no. a, a book? A book? Yeah. Book? Uh, <laughs> Much less recommended. Yeah. Why didn't he just download it? <laughs> yeah, why didn't he get the app? But <laughs> Put it on well, your Kindle. But even then, I think there were movies that were made back in the 80s and 90s, especially with people uh, that were involved, like Steven Spielberg, uh, John Williams with his scores. They really captured the wonder of storytelling or just stories in general. This movie made me feel like a kid again when I was watching okay. it. Mm. And not to mention it was high concept. I mean, the end was coming to a climax yeah. and I'm going, what it, is going on here? Yeah. And I finally figured it, it out and was like, like wow, it's great. It, it felt like a bigger movie than the 80s or early 90s right. could actually yes. contain. It, 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 I will like, say that is, I don't want them to remake it, but I will say it deserves to be remade uh, to have the sense of scale that right. it, it should have. But, but guys, I still don't think you can capture like the saddest moment in all of cinema. All of uh, cinema history. Artax. R.I.P. Yeah. Man. <laughs> R.I.P. The yeah. swamp yeah. of sorrow. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. Uh, I do yep. have an answer to your question. The Neverending Story was released in 1984. The Princess oh, Bride so it does. was released in 1987. There you go. So it does okay. Yep. So well, if it right. wasn't a book before, uh, I would the have exact, said that it probably could have pulled the exact. From. Whoever created uh, the Princess Bride was like, "All right, we got a never-ending story out there. We got something. We got to rip off. Get on it." <laughs> it was one of those movies that made me think for days on end afterwards. Going, oh, so that's what they meant by this, that, and the other. They really gave it some thought. All right, trip. Last pick. Uh, Bitey of Brackenwood. Uh, wow. This, okay. 
So this is actually this is actually a uh, a web cartoon that started like in circa 2006 or something like that. I wanted to get I wanted to be as obscure as runner time. Roughly uh, back at when Newgrounds was in its heyday. Mm. Um, and so it, it was, it was one of those, it was back when like, uh, flash animation was really starting to take off okay. and, um, you, it was, I just, it was back in, you know, when people were, individuals were actually able to tell stories and, uh, experiment with animations and things like that, uh, without any other interference, they could just create what they wanted to create. It's actually, um, very, very few of the entries that the creator made actually have any spoken dialogue whatsoever. So it is. Oh, it's all visual bitey. storytelling. It's visual storytelling. Huh. Bitey is, um, is, is a, uh, his race is called uh, the Dashkin and he is a satyr type character, uh, with, or a fawn type character that has, uh, goat legs okay. and you never see his face. It's absolutely covered in hair. And he's got these little horns, but he is whatever realm that he lives in, Brackenwood. It's the he is the fastest. He is the fastest um, character, individual, whatever the word is. He's the fastest animal alive. Um, And but he's lonely. He's the only one of his kind. He lost his parents, and so he's one of those kids that basically runs around and tortures everybody because no, because bad attention is better than no attention. Mm. Okay. and so the guy who created it actually went on to work for Disney Australia. And I think he's actually doing some stuff oh. on um, Bob's Burgers now. Uh, okay. From what, I've, from what I've read. Cool. But it was so, I mean, like think Samurai Jack and those episodes that would you would go ah. almost the entire episode without a single spoken word. It was just like you just hmm. said, it was just visual storytelling. Um, is there, there, it was is f- there like a spiritual element to it? Because I'm trying to nope. think like, okay, Satyr character. Nope. So like Greek. So, okay, no. No, 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 no. Uh, just there's, a, it's there's just not. a fantasy realm. And there's not, I mean, the, the, every episode, I mean, it took the guy, he was, it was independently created. So it took the guy forever to make new episodes, but every episode that he put out there was, was better than the last wow. one. Wow. Something special. Well, and that's neat. he did awesome things with like the music tracks that he chose. And the very last episode he created actually had some narration to it and, and told the backstory of Bitey. And it ended in a cliffhanger. There was supposed to be a part two. And Adam oh. Phillips, if you're listening to this, you never released part two. And I'm still waiting. <laughs> so, I feel like that in your so, Spider-Man. Yeah, I was going to say, so much of your childhood trip was unfulfilled Unresol- cliffhangers. Well, to be fair, this was at least... This was at least college years, so I had uh, a little more. I had a little more coping mechanisms in place. <laughs> my final pick is really anything by filmmaker Hayao Miyazaki. Yes. Um, yeah, so uh, good. Uh, there, the people who have seen him typically are just like, oh my gosh, this guy is amazing. Uh, he is known unofficially as the Walt Disney of Japan. Um, he is a absolute master of 2D animation, mm-hmm. and he has made movies <laughs> such 2D. as Antony has made movies like Spirited Away, to say it. <laughs> Howl's, Mo- Howl's Moving Castle, The Wind Rises, Castle in the Sky, um, My Neighbor Totoro. Uh, uh, you have to check your Western brain at the door. Yeah, you really are oh, yeah. watching these films. Oh, yeah, because they don't adhere to a Western mindset of like a linear no. storytelling no. in any way. And the reason I, the reason I say this is underrated is because he is kind of an acquired taste. 
Yeah. Um, and there's not, I keep bumping like into black people. It's like, yeah. Have you ever, you know, have you like ever sushi. seen anything from, you know, have you ever seen like spirited away or house booming castle? They're like, what, what are you talking about? <gasps> <gasps> um, this guy seriously has some of the best hand drawn animation that is in existence. Um, I, I really don't know how him and his team do it. Well, and he does such attention to detail. Like oh, my, my favorite, my favorite of the ones I've seen of his is spirited away. Yeah. And the main character is this little girl and just actions that she does that like when you watch, you're like, wow, that feels like a little girl. Like she'll like put on her shoes and like tap them. And then the way she runs, I mean, you mm -hmm. can tell that he takes his art so seriously, like many Japanese mm -hmm. artists and his attention to detail is immaculate. Yeah. Uh, the imagination that's also there. Oh yeah. Uh, oh my goodness. There's nothing quite like it. it's, it kind of anime. Uh, it's kind of anime. It's, it's very Japanese and there's a lot of influences from their kind of spiritual mindset, uh, you know, their their legends and folklore. Um, but what I love about most of his work is that there's as scary as it can be at sometimes, you know, with all these, you know, fantastical creatures the most of his work has this childlike innocence mm -hmm. to it yeah. that most of the characters that you're looking through are usually kids in this story. Yep. And so there's this wonder and fascination and almost this lightness and breathiness, even to these dark subject matters yeah. at times. Well, and I think it helps as you absorb the dark and scary parts because it, I mean, kids can be scared of things. Yeah. And so when you have the moments that are a bit scary, it, I guess you can be innocently scared. Like it's not like a Jason's yeah, going to pop out and slash there something. Are things, there are things that can happen to a kid and, and a kid can be exposed to that don't have nearly as much weight on them that it would for an adult because the kid hasn't fully understand the world just yet. Mm -hmm. And so because that, that understanding is not necessarily coupled with um, the fear there's less of a threat, if that makes sense. Right. Yeah, it's more like um, fear of the unknown or this is bizarre, exactly. this is strange. Yeah. Right, mm -hmm. right. Uh, I was, uh, so there's all of his films that have that kind of innocence to it. And then I watched Princess Mononoke, which is one of his first ones. <laughs> yeah. Um, and was in for a very quick shock on just warning, like within the first oh, 15 minutes, somebody loses an arm very graphically. Oh, wow. and I'm like, oh, okay, sounds great. This one's a little bit different than the other ones. If you want a good place to start with him, his most popular one is a film called Spirited Away. Um, yep, which won an Academy Award, actually. Did when I was going there if you didn't. Um, You're welcome. Howl's, Howl's Moving Castle is probably another one, probably his second most popular. One of my favorites that he does is a more recent one called The Wind Rises, which is a little less fantastical and a little bit more grounded in reality. Really, just go watch it. He's phenomenal. Well, guys, great discussion this week. Those are our picks for uh, our most underrated fantasy IPs. Next up, we've got our game, uh, and we will be right back after this break. So stick around. Today's game is brought to you by Maleshko. Making videos should be fast and fun. Find out how at Maleshko.com. That's M-I-L-E-S-H-K-O.com. Or you can go to dadgum nerds slash sponsors, and it'll take you straight there. Thanks, guys. This week, we're doing another game, as always, because reasons. Zach, what are we playing today? We're playing another round of Trivia Turntables. All right. Turn around. Okay, we can stop. Okay, I'm going to get it eventually. I'm going to get it eventually. It does not need a theme song. Okay, all right. Note to self. That did not work either. So, Zach, what are He's really writing down note to self. Try again next week. 
Note to self, wear, wear Andrew down. <laughs> <laughs> more ridiculous, more volume. Okay, and so the way this is going to work is each of us made four fantasy-related trivia questions. Mm-hmm. So I will start out with my four and ask these three. Then it'll go to Trip. Then it'll go to Brett and then Andrew. And we'll keep track. And out. cumulatively, at the end of our four rounds, whoever has the most points is the fantasy winner. And these are all multiple uh, choice questions. Is that right? Yes, multiple choice. So the way scoring works is I'll ask a question. And if you get it before multiple choice, you get two points. If you get it actually once I get within multiple choice, you get one point. So just by looking at the dumb glaze on her faces, we just, yeah. And if I see, uh, if I see a bunch of clueless faces out there, then I'll just go into the multiple choice. All right. So we need buzzers. So Andrew, what's your buzzer? Mine. Oh boy. Everyone's surprised. And Brett. (laughs) (laughs) The return of Kaka. All right. And trip. Release the Kraken. Oh boy. That's a long one. Okay. (laughs) All right. Okay. Kraken. <laughs> we'll just do that. We'll just do that. Kraken. So wait, so we have Kaka and Kraken. Kraken. I'd like you to just oh, walk boy, into some be... bar somewhere and just go Kraken. Kraken. <laughs> Let me know how that works out for you. All right. And then uh, mine is actually going to be a theme song from one of my picks. So mine's going to be one punch. Oh, my. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. All right. Okay. So here, let's uh, let's start off. So first question. How many numbered Final Fantasy games are there? Kraken! Mine. Trip. 16. No. Andrew. It's, I think, eight-ish. Numbered? No. They they skipped a few. All right, Trip. 17. Oh, wait. I'm sorry. Hang on a second. (laughs) You're going to have to... You said they skipped a few. So are you asking how how many numbered there are or how many, like, in existence? So this is quantity... Of how many have a number in their title? Oh gosh! Um, I'm so because, because you're, gonna, you're gonna have to give us multiple okay, choice. Okay, let's one. just do multiple choice. Okay, all right. A thirteen, B fourteen, C fifteen, and let D, me guess. Who cares? <laughs> Brett. B. No, it is not B. Man. Um, trip. Fifteen. Bing, 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 15. Wow. Job trip. Okay. So, fun fact, there's actually 96 Final Fantasy Gracious. games. Gracious. Did not Man. know that. Yeah. Yeah, when you take into fact all of the mobile games, all. the spinoffs, there's yeah. 96. But numbered, there's all. only 15. That is ridiculous. I had no idea it went that deep. I, I didn't know. Either. I didn't know it was 15. I was like, I stopped <laughs> caring after 10. But anyway, <laughs> I, I, I stopped caring after 7. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was like, for something called Final Fantasy, you have a lot of Final Fantasies yeah, out right. there. Yeah, no, for real, Final Fantasy. <laughs> All right, so for real, strikes. this is the final, final. <laughs> All right, this is the final, final, final. It's like Brett Favre retirement, man. Question number two. What is considered the oldest piece of Japanese animation? Kaka! Oh, crap, my Brett. Godzilla. <laughs> uh, the answer is no. Oh, okay. All right, Andrew? Did you have something or, or okay, no, we're going to do multiple choice. choice. Multiple My choice. history of animation teacher is going to kill me. <laughs> All right, here we go. So A, Hakajuden. B, mm. Katsudo Shasen. We don't even get the English translation <laughs> of these no, titles. C, The Tale of the White Serpent. <laughs> or D, First Draw This. 
even if I wanted to guess, I couldn't pronounce it properly. Mine. <laughs> All right, Andrew. <laughs> Just take it C. It is not Tale of the White Serpent. Brett. B. The answer is B. Yes. Oh, dear. So you don't have to pronounce Kasudo it. Just do the Shusen. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, that, that served me well last week. That's uh, why I chose right. it. <laughs> you know, it was, See, Brett's onto this. It Brett's was right on this. the tip of my tongue. Right on the tip uh, of my tongue. Gosh. So it was, it was made in 1907, and it's 15 uh-huh. seconds long, and it's this little Japanese character writing out this Japanese word. Huh. And he writes out, coincidentally, Katsudo Shasen. All right, so number three. In the series, The Last Airbender, what was the name yes. of the Avatar directly before Aang? Mine. Mm. Andrew. Oh. Avatar Roku. Boom. Man. Roku. Confession time. My wife and I actually just finished another watch through on Avatar. Oh, it's uh, fresh on our minds. I'm actually watching through uh, Legend of Korra for the first time. And oh, I, hey, nice. I am as well. I'm loving it. I'm loving it. Yeah. I like season one. Season two is a bit weird, but um, yeah. Next I'm, question. I like it's even I liked, weirder. Uh, <laughs> Next worry. question. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Trivia game. All right. Number four. What is the most common frame rate in the first season of The Dragon Prince? Mine. Andrew. 12. Wow, yeah, it's 12 frames what? a second. Boom! Wow. Because right I mean, out the of reason, the gate. The reason being is that typically animation is done on, you know, a 24 frame thing if you're in video, but animation is typically done on twos, which means that every frame is held for two oh, frames. Oh my god. You had to ask an animator pictures. that question, Zach. Wow. Mm-hmm. I'm just sitting here with the major nerd that just oozed out of his microphone. <laughs> I went to school for this, bro. for animation, but I see every cube if it's a bad animation. Well, well done. So uh, coming out of the first round, Andrew has three, Brett has one, and Trip has one. Wait, wait, wait. I thought or, I answered two before we got multiple choice. What? Oh, that's right. You did say Roku, so you have that's four. That's right. You said Roku. That's right. That's right. We want to get the extra point. All right. So, Trip, what are your four? What is the currency in all of the Final Fantasy games? I don't oh, know. No. Mine? Andrew? Credits. Incorrect. Ah, oh, dang. It's always credits. Right. It's, uh, that's always what, the generic. What is the currency of all Final Fantasy games? Is it what A? Punch? Zach? Yen. Incorrect. <laughs> is it? Oh, my God. <laughs> Brett. Gold. No. Okay. <laughs> is it A, Chocobos, B, Gosh. Gills, C, Zenny, or D, Rupees? Ka-ka! One punch. Uh, Brett. B. B is correct. Yes. Gill. All right. Gill. That would, uh, Zach, are you keeping score? Because yeah. I don't want to. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> right. So Gill, like G-I-L-L? Just one, one L. G-I-L. Gill. Just one L. Yep. That that's original, mm-hmm. at least in my mind. Huh? Uh, if it right. fits the gill. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Next question is: Name the race of Ganon in Legend of Zelda. Mine. Oh man, <laughs> Andrew. It is the Gerudo. That is Gracious. correct. Gerudo is How correct. How do you know that? Boom. I've played my fair share of Legend of Zelda. Yeah, it's Mario and Zelda. I'm I'm a huge always. Nintendo fan. Yeah. I'm a enormous Andrew's basically fan. sweeping us with a Slumdog Millionaire story right now. Like he's just yeah, going all right. across. We need to we, we need to jump him in the bathroom and figure out where and figure out where he's getting his answers. 
Oh, all right. Uh, next Andrew question. Andrew sits at a computer all day for his job. We're at a massive disadvantage. <laughs> He's literally got Google at his fingertips eight hours a day. Um, who is the author of the Sandman comic series? Oh, no. One punch. Zach. Bill Paxton. No, it's not Bill Paxton. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Just because it's probably wrong. Mine. Uh, Andrew. Frank Miller. Incorrect. Okay, just making sure. <laughs> All right. I, I've, it, never, I've never read a Sandman comic, so go for it. Is it A, Terry Pratchett, B, R.A. Salvatore, C, Terry Goodkind, or D, Neil Gaiman? Kaka! That's a great question. Brett. D. Correct. Wow. D is correct. Yes. Good job, wow. Brett. Uh, incidentally, uh, his book Neverwhere almost made it onto my list. Oh. Uh, unfortunately, it's so many things to pick from. All right, final question. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to have to rephrase this because I actually wrote it with multiple choice in mind. Okay. Uh, so I'm going to rephrase it, and then I'll phrase it again if we move on to mul- oh, multiple choice. Okay. Sounds good. Name so a species that is not in Dungeons & Dragons. Oh, no. <laughs> Brett. Aliens. Okay. So <laughs> yeah, I'm I was going to say, name <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah, human beings. Um, I'm, I'm going to have to... Uh, butterflies. I'm going to have to... I'm just going to have to... I'm going to have to Bill Paxton. <laughs> uh, everybody gets a point. I'm going to actually have to jump into the... Um, okay, let's do the multiple okay, choice. Okay, I'm not a D&D player, so... Which is not a species in Dungeons & Dragons. A. Gith... B, Tabaxi, C, Worgen, or D, Shifter? One punch! <laughs> uh, Zach. B. That is incorrect. Oh. Andrew. Mine? Scantron it up. Let's go C. That is correct. Yay! Wow! Worgen is not a species in Dungeons & Dragons. It is actually a species in Warcraft. Mm. Ah, like we knew that there's a species in warcraft called war gone well it is spelled w-o-r-g-e-n and they are werewolf type characters Mm. for the record i knew none of these things i just googled all of them (laughs) and was like i wonder i just like for for the sandman series i literally just googled popular fantasy comics and i was like oh Oh, yeah i've heard of that one so i haven't I haven't read any of these. I haven't played a single game of Warcraft or Dungeons and Dragons. And the last Final Fantasy game I played was 10, which was almost 20 years ago. I mean, ago. listen, so, bring up Sandman comics. That seems a bit granular. Mm. Oh, my goodness. Okay, we can't give Zach Can we move any, on more, to my questions? any more downtime to think. Because <laughs> this is, like, this is what happens. Right. It's like the zombie horde. You wait too long, the so puns what is, attack. So, what is, so Trip, that was your last question, right? That was my last question. Okay, so what's the, the current standing as of right now? Uh, well, everyone's through. seated currently. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so. Um, oh, my gosh, I hate you. <sighs> Uh, just for that, I'm giving you negative two points for Wait, hatred, hey. unsportsmanlike conduct. Okay, so um, I am sitting at a uh, perfect golf score of zero. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Trip has one. Uh, proud of Brett it, too. has three. Mm-hmm. And Andrew has seven. Woo-hoo. Oh, my gracious. So um, this is golf to a great start, this guys. This is turning into yeah. a shutout. 
Well, I bet you Andrew won't get mine. Actually, I can't say that at all. We're just going to have to find out. So I've got four questions, uh, kind of all at a, a random setting when it comes to fantasy. Okay, so here thing. we go. First question. Right. In the BBC series Merlin, okay. who played Merlin? Oh, fart. I was hoping you didn't ask that question. Mine? Mine? What? <laughs> what, what am I t- <laughs> I was so confused. I was about to call for Andrew. Where did my, wow. where did my brain go? Wow. Uh, <laughs> Kraken. <laughs> All right, go ahead, Trent. Uh, Sam Neill. Incorrect. No, not Samuel did not One play punch. it. All right, Zach, go ahead. A man. <laughs> well, I'm looking for the name. Ah, well, you so did not say man the name is incorrect. of the person. All right. Um, so we're going into multiple choice. Is it A, James Spader, B, Eddie Redmayne, C, Lawrence Olivier, or D, what Colin Murch? Man. I heard Zach. B. My Incredible. God. Oh my gosh. All right, Andrew. It's gotcha. D. And just for the record, it's Lawrence Olivier. Oh, my wow. bad. So you not only have so- to answer the question correctly, you're going to correct his answers. <laughs> wow. Wow. Sorry, I don't know the proper pronunciation. He's like That's one of the bad. most classic actors that ever hit the stage. The stage, not cinema. Yeah, he's had a quite good film career, too. Andrew, you anyway, need to stop I've, speaking. I've There's heard, no I've way you're saving face. I'm sure I've seen him. Point. I just can't place him. Mm. Okay. I, well, anyways, the answer was Colin Morgan. <laughs> what are you looking at? All right, yeah, moving on. Puck. To moving on, I said, <laughs> to question number two. Who plays the villain in the movie Legend? Oh, Crap. Um, oh, I can't even Who remember. Who plays the, the villain in the movie Legend? I never saw it. Punch! Zach. Idris Alba. Incorrect. <laughs> All right. We're oh, going to go ahead to multiple choice. Is it A? Up. Oh, go ahead, Trip. Renee Zellweger. Incorrect. <laughs> okay. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Who plays the villain in the movie Legend? Is it A, Tim Curry? Kraken! B, Christopher. R- uh, I hear you, Trip. A, Tim, Cur- Tim Curry. It is Tim Curry. Boom. I can't remember this Boom. movie. It's actually stars a very young Tom Cruise. I don't. Oh, you like know what? Kitty I young, was way teenage off. Young? I was thinking in my head the movie Epic, the one with the hummingbirds, like the little oh. elves that ride <laughs> hummingbirds. No. So I was way no, off. wrong movie. I, all I could think, wrong all that movie. was going through my head was I am legend, and I could not get that out of my head. Uh-huh. <laughs> ah, no, this legend was made back in what was it? The eighties? Boy, lots of eighties today. 80s. Yeah. Hmm. So anyway, fantasy was big back um, then. Okay. It was, yeah, it was, but, uh, well done trip. Thank you. So moving on to question three, the most common mythical character in stories is what mine, Andrew elf. Incorrect. What Hmm. punch mine, Zach. Night. Dang it. Why am I doing that? (laughs) Why am I doing that? (laughs) (laughs) No, I already had Zach. Zach, go ahead. Night. Incorrect. Kraken. Mine. Go uh, ahead, Trip. Dwarfs. Incorrect. Mine? Uh-huh. All right, so since all three oh, of you shoot, did something incorrect, let's go ahead into multiple choice. Okay. okay. So I'd be very interested to hear you guys after you hear all of them, so mm. just hold on. I think I know what it is. Is it, is it A, dragon, B, oh. elf, C, troll, or D, unicorn? One punch! Oh, mine. I heard Zach first. Dragon. It is dragon indeed. Okay. Wow. The most common mythical character. 
I was gonna say I was gonna say uh, unicorn because I thought the dragon was a throwaway. Wow. I thought it was a, I, it was a red herring. I, I I for whatever reason when I remember the question I heard most common race and it's like well human. <laughs> <laughs> so so well I was gonna say what's the most common character uh, protagonist. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I chose this one because I'm a uh, C.S. Lewis fan. So okay. in C.S. Lewis's The Silver Chair. Mm-hmm. How many signs did Aslan one punch gift? Mm. Wow. Mm. Go ahead, Zach. Three. Incorrect. Mine. Andrew. It's two, isn't it? Incorrect. Ah. One punch. Finish the question. Z- Can I finish the question? One punch. Shut <laughs> <laughs> right up. Zach, I hear you. <laughs> Go ahead, Zach. Four. Four is okay. the correct uh, answer. Okay, man. So in C.S. Lewis's Silver Chair, how many signs did Aslan give Jill Pole when he sent the children to find the missing prince? And it oh, is four. Right. Yeah. The first sign is for yeah. Eustace to speak to an old friend. The mm-hmm. second is to travel north to the ruined city of the giants. The third is to obey the <laughs> writing they found in the city. And the fourth is to do whatever is asked of them in Aslan's name. Yeah, mm. so I, I was combining the the... Uh, giant city and they have to obey whatever's written because gotcha it's they're basically and I, like and the i same was thing. guessing <laughs> <laughs> yep that's I, I remember but the specifics those are my four questions good mm-hmm. job everybody all right so zach what are we at all right so andrew has eight brett has three trip has two and i have hmm. three okay so, so catching up <laughs> so, so well, andrew, I'm, I'm locked around. in at eight i'm locked in yep. at eight all, All right, right, we got to come back. So basically, nobody answer but me. That way, we can overcome <laughs> Andrew and win this thing. <laughs> All right. Wow, this is like throwing the I, uh, the World Series. What was I it could like, I could win. I think if I answered every one of his questions without multiple um, choice. Ooh, other than Gauntlet that, Throne, Gauntlet yeah. Throne. All right. Well, in Game of Thrones. Oh man. Uh, what is the name of the Valerian steel sword wielded I by Brienne of Tarth? Didn't watch it. Well, Zach. Uh, Oathkeeper. Oathkeeper is correct. Oh, that's right. Man. I thought that was going to go to multiple choice. I didn't think anyone was going to get that off the top of the head. So, all right. Good job, Zach. Take that animator nerd. (laughs) 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 All right. I still have almost less than half of your points. (laughs) I really wouldn't be threatened. All right. Question number two. What, which of the iconic universal classic monsters was the first to include dialogue. Kraken. Uh, trip. Frankenstein. Twas not. Hmm. Kraken. Wait, Wait, is this in literature? No, this is in the movie. Sorry. Which which was the first basically mod- Kraken, universal Kraken, classic Kraken, monster Kraken, movie Kraken, to have Kraken, dialogue? Kraken. Uh, you already answered. One punch. Aww. Zach. Godzilla. No. Aww. That's no, that's not it. <laughs> Don't give him hints. All right. Uh, moving on to Multiple choice. Is it a Dracula? Kraken. The mummy? A trip. Dracula. It is Dracula, correct. Mm. Question. Literally my is it Dracula or Nosferatu? Uh the name Nosferatu the, was a silent film. Then this and Dracula was the first of the Universal Classic Monster movies to include dialogue. Oh, so by dialogue, oh. like like audible dialogue. No, the silent kind. What is the first? <laughs> well, no, but they had, but they had dialogue cards. That's why I, no, 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 you know, no, 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 I'm not debating the point. I'm not debating the point. I'm going to give I it see. a trip. All right. Question number three in Pixar's Onward. 
What is the name of Barley's dilapidated purple van? Never seen the movie. Yeah, God, you gotta see it. It's, it's really good. It's it's okay. And it's free. Ka-ka! Brett. Delappy. No. Delappy. That was the... <laughs> wow. No. That was a... I kind of don't want to answer now. I just want to just get a point for Delappy. Kraken. Uh, what's your face, Trip? Renee Zellweger. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> Zach. Bill Paxter. <laughs> it's not bad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to keep saying his name till he's a listener on this show. Bill. <laughs> Bill he's <Paxton>. dead. <laughs> oh my <laughs> word. What? He did. He passed away from He cancer. died a couple years ago. <laughs> Wherever podcasts are available. <laughs> I'm I can't recover from this. It's awful. Okay. Uh, multiple choice for uh, what's the name of Barley's van? Bill Paxton um, no longer has choice. <laughs> is it A, Gwendolyn, B, Gwen, uh, excuse me, B, Genevieve, C, Giselle, or D, Guinevere? What, Pudge? D. Uh, uh, what's your face, Zach? D. It is D, Guinevere. Yes. <clears throat> Thank so, you, Trip, for yelling it out. Yeah, I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm, I'm, I'm saying everything <laughs> except my buzzer today. You picked the wrong one again. Okay. Lord Almighty. Well, and because I know none of you remember a thing about this fantasy film, even if you saw it. All right, listen, you what? thought I was you thought we were going to go multiple choice on the sword one. OK, no, 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 no. I, pro- I pretty much can guarantee you bring on this one. it bring in it. the fourth Pirates of the Caribbean movie. Oh, okay. my word. <laughs> Wait, so you mean the worst of the four? <sighs> exactly. On Stranger Tides. However, it is a fantasy film. It is. That's true. On Stranger Tides. Uh, okay. What does Blackbeard control with his sword? The sword of <laughs> Brett, his ship, his ship is the correct answer. Boom! Wow. Is ship. Now, bonus points. I will hand out a bonus point for this one. What is the name of his ship? Brett. The Flying Dutchman. No, that is Davy Jones's ship. It's the Flying Dutchman 2. No. (laughs) (laughs) No. Uh, It's the Queen Anne's Revenge. Oh, I completely yeah. zoned out. What was the question? So, full disclosure, my daughter's my daughter's nursery is right across the hall from where I do this podcast. Oh, and so, for a split second, I went like like a deer in hunting season, going, "Was that my daughter?" And oh, so, so over there, like watching what? a butterfly while licking a wall. What was like, the yeah, question? What, was going on? what was the? Did you say watching a butterfly while licking a wall? <laughs> Oh, never heard that one. <laughs> what, what kind of visual? I know. You the just snozberries taste like snozberries. Um, so, yeah, what was the question? What uh, was the, the question? question? Uh, I'll, I'll give it to you afterwards. It's about Pirates of the Caribbean 4. Oh, okay. Um, never mind. I never saw it. Yeah, exactly. Right? Uh, right. Well, that should be my buzzer. No, Maybe that should be my buzzer. <laughs> Haven't seen it. Did you see it? <laughs> never seen it. <laughs> never seen it. <laughs> <laughs> nope, but we are adding that to your t shirt name. Oh, God. Right. Never well, seen um, it. All right, so Zach, what was the results of this one that I'm pretty sure I know what the results are? Uh, the result Same is that the thing world now knows how day, much Pinky. of a nerd you are. That's the result. <laughs> All right, so final tally from lowest score to highest score. Uh, Trip with three. Brett with five. I'll take it. Zach with six. And Andrew with eight. Woo-woo! 
So Andrew right. is the winner for the second week in the row of trivia champion trivia turntables. Next up is our uh, dadgum Q&A for this week. Looking forward to that one. So stick around. Got a question for the dads? Got a joke that makes your kids groan? You want a specific topic on the podcast? Then head to dadgumnerds.com slash contact and send us your thoughts. We read every submission and you might just hear it on the podcast. Again, that's dadgumnerds.com slash contact and we'll catch you later, dadgum nerds. All right. So dadgum Q&A this week. Trip. What is our question? This question was submitted by none other than Kevin, who is speaking to us from beyond the podcast. From the anniversary grave. From the anniversary. (laughs) Even when he's not with us, he's with us. So, Kevin, shout out to you wherever you may be. Hopefully, we'll see you again one day. If you could own one prop from a movie, what would it be and why? Ooh. That's a good question. It's a solid question. I actually am. I'm not the largest collector of movie paraphernalia. I've got a few things, but if I, I know that my qualification on wanting something would be to have something on my desk or something that's small. And instantly what came to mind is uh, one of the tops that was on screen from inception. Oh, nice. Oh, Cobbs. Nice. Cobbs. Okay. Uh, little top, yeah. The little top, you know, the little totem. Yeah, 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 yeah. I would totally eat that up and would show that to everyone. You would totally. <laughs> Oh, don't. Oh, my <laughs> gracious. Why are you on this podcast? <laughs> Can't top that one. Uh, uh, Zach, shut up and tell us what your <laughs> one is. Um, so I, I was trying to think of something that would be a little bit practical as well. And um, I'd probably do Milnir. Milnir? Oh, nice. Yeah, I mean, I just think that would be a fun party game to be like, can you lift it? Are you worthy? And then since it's the prop, everyone's <laughs> worthy. So. Spreading cheer. Oh, I see. The millennial millionaire. Yeah, it's it's a millennial millionaire. Everyone's worthy. (laughs) No, I just love. um, Everyone gets a meal (laughs) near. You get a meal near. You get a meal near. You get a meal near. No, but I, I, um, in the Ragnarok, when you see some really sick close-ups of it, I love the Celtic Mm -hmm. artistry on it. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, And uh, I think I would want. I would want, yeah, the one from Ragnarok. Cause I, I don't, I think in the first one, uh, it's etched a little bit differently and then it's a bit different in Ragnarok. But anyway, I right before it's destroyed, right before it's destroyed, obviously very, the very beginning. Sorry if that's a spoilers. spoiler. Um, but, uh, it would also be really handy to have a hammer. Cause I always feel like I'm looking for a hammer around my house. So, <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure you could hammer the house with that. With that. This hammer, is true. So. This is true. For me, it would be daredevil's billy club. Uh, Ooh, that's a good one. Huge Daredevil fan. Um, I would be lying if I said uh, that there uh, that I would never like close the door to my room and then just karate <laughs> chop around with it a little <laughs> bit, like, it was like like nunchucks so, or something. Like, like, I, 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 what's a billy club? The 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 club that he uses to to beat people's heinies. Uh, he uh, all, it also is kind of special in the fact that it actually has a like essentially grappling hook inside it's of got it. a grappling hook in it yeah oh, and so okay. wait um, is that featured in the marvel one that was on netflix it is netflix it is? yep yeah oh, sure my is. question my question to you is would you want ben affleck's or charlie cox's charlie cox thank you um okay and uh right. I, but i I've, I'm, I'm a huge daredevil fan and i always love the idea of the of not just the not just the fact that it's 
you know, it's cool. It's got a grappling hook in it, but that daredevil can throw it at, uh, you know, one enemy. And while it's bouncing around and beating the living heck out of somebody, he can be beating the living heck out of somebody right. and, and whoop them in, ju- in just enough time to turn around and grab it as it's bouncing back towards him. Uh, so yeah, that's probably, huh. probably what I would want. Well, would you keep practicing with your belly clubs on that one. And one day you too can take out. That just guys. sounds like such a derpy weapon. Billy club. Like you say that as you're getting your heinies getting beat by one of them. Well, Brett, how about you? So I'm thinking something practical like the Death Star or an X-Wing. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Practical I, like the Death Star. Yeah. Okay. But like, if we're talking props here, your, your Death Star is probably going to be about that big. Yeah. You need like a okay, one, one millionth scale. Exactly. <laughs> I was thinking the full size, but if we can't do that, then I would either want to do something. It, it's probably a tie between... Um, the DeLorean from uh Back to the Future, Ooh, okay. or um, not the, the DeLorean actual... from Princess Bride, <laughs> <laughs> but like uh, or cut. the Captain America shield, uh, from uh, yes, uh, and it would be the broken Captain America shield from okay. Endgame. Okay, I would want to have that specific one right there next to my desk, to where it's like it doesn't matter how bad it gets, you get back up and fight. All right, here we go. Wow, wow, okay, well, my prop sucks now. (laughs) (laughs) I picked a top. What are you talking about? I just wanted to have a karate chop around with. I just... (laughs) Be sure to check out Dadgum Nerds on Facebook and Instagram. If you want to know what the dads are up to, get the latest updates on the show, or constantly laugh with us along the way, then you can find us on social media at Dadgum Nerds. That's at Dadgum Nerds, spelled D A D. G-U-M-N-E-R-D-S. Catch you later, dadgum nerds. So my question today is, what did we learn? I learned that Trip needs to know what buzzer he is. <laughs> you are all over the place, man. Mine, D. Kraken. Uh, they released the Kraken. The Google. Uh. Yeah, is that uh, what I did? I crisis over there. I, I did I, learn. I, I did learn that I have an unhealthy amount of Nintendo knowledge. Apparently, yeah. animation specifically, like wow. Um, That's what he did go to school for it. I mean, like he this went is to true. school for this. This is yeah. true. And he, when he was sitting in those classes, he was like, "One day I will run a podcast and we will have <laughs> trivia, and I will dominate." This is why I'm here for these four years. This is what mommy and daddy are spending all those so bucks on. I, I am actually. I, I did not release all the information I had on frame rates. So, uh, oh my, and we there's thank more you stored for in that it. can. <laughs> wow. Uh, I learned apparently I'm not a very good nerd. I'm not even really. I'm starting to question. I have said I never saw it so many times on this podcast. I'm starting to question why I'm even here, <laughs> to be totally honest. So uh, we still love you, Trip. We you make the rest I, of us look good. That's why you're here. So, oh my gosh, <laughs> <laughs> golly, I'm the Duff. I'm, Don't listen I'm to the, him, the, Duff. There we go. That is what uh, we're adding. Are they rad? No, Duff. Oh gosh. All right. Well, everyone, thank you so much for listening. If this is your first Dadgum Nerds episode, then we really hope you enjoyed it. Uh, you can always check out previous episodes if you like it. And we'll always have another one for you the next week. Uh, if you've been listening to us for a bit, we'd actually like to ask a favor of you. Uh, I didn't even know this before we started podcasting, but the statistics say that the best method of someone trying a new podcast is by far through word of mouth. And that's even over Google, which the really Google? surprised me. 
Yeah, the Google. <laughs> I'll put a period on the end of that sentence. My legacy. Um, so if someone you know or a whole bunch of someones that you got in mind uh, you think would enjoy this podcast, then consider sending them our way. We'd love to see the podcast continue to grow and reach new people. Uh, I know you guys would as well if you're enjoying the show. And the truth is we really can't do that without you. So you're no, a vital part of this. We couldn't. Um, if you've got somebody in mind, poke them to check out Daggum Nerds. And you can always send her to daggumnerds.com for more information. You can even listen to the podcast on there. And that's where we get our dad joke of the week from, which is a great segue into our dad joke of the week. Brett, what do we have? All right. So how do you weigh a millennial? Do I want to know? I don't know you, how. You weigh a millennial in Instagrams. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm I don't pretty even sure know why we do these anymore. I'm pretty sure there's a special wow. level of hell reserved for that. Uh, yep. Thank you, Internet. You know, with all the momentum that Zach's puns just completely make us lose every time he opens his mouth. I don't know why we end on this note. It's really <laughs> beginning. To, it's really beginning to concern me. Uh, uh, Zach, pun count. What you got? Pun count. This week we are at eight. Not bad. Okay. I was slow this week, guys. Uh, it's I'm better ashamed than of myself. From and previous we're grateful. Yeah, we are. We are very grateful. <laughs> uh, well, before Zach starts making more puns, that's all we've got for you today. And again, thanks so much for listening, and we will catch you later, Dadgum Nerds. See ya. Well, Never Fanta, see you later. No! Game over.